You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. This podcast is sponsored by Perfect Planner Company, the ultimate planner for today's modern online entrepreneur. It's tough being an entrepreneur. There are so many things to think about and keep track of in your business. It's so easy to become stressed, overwhelmed, and disorganized, but Perfect Planner Company has your back. Created by Monique Svensson, who has 30 years of planning and organizational experience, this planner and all of their stationary range will help you to start planning and taking action rather than procrastinating and leaving business to chance. Perfect Planner Company also creates branded bespoke planners for entrepreneurs and huge corporate firms and has created thousands of planners for their teams and business partners. These planners help me time block, get organized and set goals, and I'm so happy to be collaborating with them. To find out more, go straight to the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking to Sarah Wisniewski. She is a visibility coach and she helps people harness the power of true visibility. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. No worries. I just want to tell you guys that I did that opening like four times because I went wrong all the time. So that's the lesson for you, never to worry. You can just start again and do it again until you get things right. So it's one of those days where I just keep getting words wrong, but we've got it now. So anyway, I wanted to ask you, what do you mean by true visibility? True visibility to me is really allowing people to find a way that that gets their message, whatever their message out is, out there into the world in a way that they enjoy doing it. So not doing the I feel obliged to this or I should be this or I'm told I have to do this. And as soon as I hear phrases like that, it makes my heart sink because there are so many, there is just such an abundance of ways you can get your message out there. And if you do it in a way that's fun, you can actually start to do it consistently and have fun doing it so that your visibility is both true to you and yourself and the way that you want to turn up. But true visibility means expanding that reach as well and increasing your audience It does. And I love that you've said that because I don't believe there's a cookie cutter way. I've I've lost count of the number of people that have told me where I should be, you know, should be on Clubhouse, should be doing this, should be doing that. And, And even the you have to show up by going live, you know, six times a week or whatever isn't necessarily true. And I think one of the things that you and I have talked about is that social media is just a small part of visibility. And would you agree with that? What other types of visibility have have you seen and do you want to help people with? There is literally no end to it, isn't there? And, you know, when we think that businesses flourished before social media and, we, you know, there was a world before we were all looking at what we had for for our dinners. (laughs) Yes, social media gives us an amazing platform and it does allow us to reach a huge, huge plethora of people. But almost going back to the days when, we had to be a little bit more inventive and we had to be creative. So like you and I are doing now, having having a conversation, radio, we're always looking for people to fill airtime. There's a long time to fill, particularly in the talk radios and magazines, printed. People are consuming content online that isn't on social media. And I think there's almost a, a desire to have that switch off of social media now. We saw it recently when with the, with the outage and you know, we, we have to be more inventive and more, I think, have a cross section because if exactly as you say, if you feel like you're following that formula every day, I've got to do the same thing. 
both you and your audiences are going to get bored of it. Yeah, they do. And, and actually, if you do something because you're told you should do it and you don't enjoy doing it, you'll never be consistent. If with the best will in the world, you're going to give up at some point because it's not fun for you. I have quite a lot of people that say to me, oh, you know, I've opened a Facebook group. I hate it, but I go on every day and I post something. And I'm like, just close the damn thing down. Like yeah. there are other ways that people can see what you do. You can have a list, you know, you can do different ways of doing things. And we all know people that aren't on social media that are making plenty of money. So it doesn't have to be done in one way. It's finding a way that is consistent for you, yeah. um, which I love. And with your background, like you came, like me, you came from corporate, the corporate world, and you had that very traditional corporate ladder um, kind of thing that I had as well. And I think sometimes when you're part of corporate, can actually be quite hard to be visible, and you don't realise how important it is when you come from the corporate world because you're just this tiny cog in this giant wheel, and you don't realise that when you start your own business, you can't be like that anymore, and you have to be so out there. And how did you find it, like going from one to the other? Yeah, uh, a big, big learning curve on so many different levels. I left uh, a very, very big organisation where I was a tiny, tiny number in hundreds of thousands of employees. And I actually did go to a smaller organisation, which started that journey of building myself a reputation. It was much smaller. It was much more of a built on relationships type of business. And that allowed me to almost start to understand the importance of knowing you know, if you don't know the answer, you need to find that person. And I think I brought that into my business, but I really had no desperate desire to start my own business. I wasn't harboring a, a dream to, to be a coach. And it was, it found me, I think it was one of those situations of, well, actually all, if you write down all the elements that I loved, all those parts of, of the fulfilling leadership role and helping people, it left me with coaching quite obviously. So it wasn't an easy transition. I, I'm not for a minute going to say I just floated across from one to the other and then immediately had success. I didn't niche properly. I was totally clueless until I got some help and, and started to learn the quick way, as in from people that have already done it and succeeded in doing what I wanted to do. Which is really important. I think lots of people... Um try it themselves for such a long period of time and then when they eventually learn from somebody that's already been there it cuts off so much time I know I did it cut off so much time I would still be learning about passive income now if it wasn't for learning from people that are already doing it and were doing a great job doing it I, the one thing I had to get over with that is my stubbornness and my I'm, I am quite driven I'm quite determined to get to the result and I felt I battled for a while about feeling like a failure by asking for somebody else to help me I felt like I should prove to myself that if I'm going to do it I can jolly well do it on my own and that sort of stubborn little girl stamping her foot saying no I will do my shoelace myself you know that started to come out in me and I ended up in a in a frustrated well how how come I can't get, get this to work and now I'm following these people who seem to have just fallen into it so I did end up having to almost battle some of those internal demons about independence and and standing on my own two feet and saying well it's not an admittance of failure actually it's admittance of strength and saying I do want to progress at speed it's a massive strength to know that it's okay to ask for help in what you need to know and actually so many of us 
and the people that came before us stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, we we don't start from scratch. We don't reinvent a wheel. We see what's there and then we try and make it even better. And that's how the world evolves. So I think it's a really good idea to be able to ask for help. And you're one of those people that have always wanted to be independent anyway. And recently you've kind of gone through something that's made you realize how independent you are. Tell us mm. a bit about that. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I'm sure this, this won't, I won't be the only person telling this story at the moment. Um, so my husband and I separated, we've been together just over 10 years. We have two children together. And yeah, before Christmas, um, I took the decision that I was ready to move on and be alone, literally be totally independent, which from many aspects was hard considering the children and the impact it would have on the, you know, even the extended family um, played a part in the decision. But I really felt that it was something I wanted to do. Um, and we'd become so distant anyway. It was the final step of actually then moving into into a, a different, you know, living apart. And it's now the dust settled. We're past that that initial struggle and pain, which it was on all accounts. Oh, it's it? better than it's ever been. And actually, I've got two boys and they're having the best of both worlds. They see their dad much more than they ever used to when we were actually together. He spends time with them. He's very much more making time for them as opposed to squeezing them in uh, and and likewise for me I have them intensely and then I have periods where they're not with me and I've more than proved to myself that yeah independence I think emotional independence isn't something to be afraid of and having been in relationships that were fairly intense and then periods of being alone and then intense I'm just really enjoying this time now of saying there are there is no reason to compromise you don't have to have an emotional crutch behind you if you're if you're looking to progress and find who you really are as an individual not as a another half of a couple it can be done absolutely it, it can, can be, done. be done I think people find it difficult because they've gone through life thinking that you need that to be whole like you need whether it's a financial crutch or um an emotional crutch, but you need this other person to be whole. And I think that that's the fault of every film and fairy tale we've watched since we were children. Like every story that I read was about how the woman eventually finds the, the man who saves her. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up thinking you had to have that. And so then it becomes very difficult when you don't want to be in a relationship to come out of that relationship. Because for me, it was a belief that that was failure. Like you failed to do this thing that everybody has told you you should be able to do since you were little. And actually there is a massive strength when you realize it's not needed. It's a nice to have, but you are whole on your own and you can Mm. be your own financial crutch and your own emotional crutch on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true. Yeah. Not, not having girls bringing up girls I'm not perhaps as immersed as some are but I know that that parents of children the same age as mine with with girls really struggle to find those strong independent role models for them even now and I know Hollywood there's a lot of actresses really pressing for uh, just having those more dominant roles and we we are still battling a generational attitude, which where we've still got that generation influencing us, be it through grandparents, be it through older parents. There is still that view that it almost 
ratifies women's existence by the fact that they're in a relationship and leaving that is going to take I think a little while just to wash through but yeah I certainly try to be super the other extreme of saying well you know that's silly that's a silly story as if she needed that man or you know we we almost sort of giggle about it to try and make sure that my boys are seeing the other other side of things and that you know the, the girls the women in their lives are going to have exactly the same choices that they'll have yeah which is brilliant like I do the same with my boys teaching them a different way a different way that it can be when they're older because it can only be changed by other other people's attitudes and that starts with us I think yeah. um, as parents so with visibility the same thing tends to happen and as children especially if you are female you are told to sit quietly a lot of the time and and I hear so many women that talk to me about how they were told to you know only speak when spoken to and so we have this whole belief system as we're growing up of not being visible it's not good to be visible and and with me at school it's like if you stood out to be visible that was a really bad thing like that's how you get bullied it's better to just try and blend into the background and hope nobody notices you and so it's very hard for me to then become visible and do the things you need to do when you have an online business to you know just be out there going hey here I am like look at the things that I can do do you find that with your clients that it can be difficult for them yeah I I really do I tend to find that they have an initial almost honeymoon period in their business where they're full of enthusiasm they've got lots of energy they're so keen to start to have that impact and, and the ripple effect then on their clients as well and that almost carries them and that does amazing but then and it varies in when this point is in time there's that almost the slowing and the pausing re-evaluating ready to go again and that's when some of the demons start coming up to, to almost then allow them what they should be doing is allowing them to go to that next level. So to be bigger, they have to increase their, their reach, increase their exposure, be more, much more seen. And that's when some of these things can come up. And even the most confident of people can have that, but it manifests in a really clever way. And I think in some ways, for perhaps somebody who knows and recognises their characteristics as being more introvert or having less confidence, they're kind of more self-aware of these things that come up whereas people who believe themselves to be confident they've maybe had success in the past and you know I put myself very much in this bracket as well when that visibility or let's call it the anti-visibility demon pops up it's clever it's not a oh we'll make you really nervous before you do a Facebook live or will this will this instead it pops up like almost more like procrastination or just um just a a shiny object of oh no we could start that and that sounds like a really good idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it isn't quite as black and white and it's it's almost those people then that believe they're busying themselves doing the things that are making them visible but actually when when we almost dig down and say well let's look at the actual numbers as to who how many that small group that you've posted into or your small group of followers how many will you have reached and it's then that you sort of so you were thinking you were doing the thing, but you weren't really doing the thing. Yeah, because sometimes it's nice and easy. I'm exactly the same as this. It's very easy for me to go live into a Facebook group that's mine and that I know people have opted into to listen to me. It's much harder for me to then go, okay, I'm going to stand on this stage with all of these people who who don't know me. Uh, that uh, That used to terrify me for like a long period of time. It was a while before I could stand on stages and things like that because... 
I think sometimes when it comes to visibility, the things that you are actually telling yourself, you don't know you even think them because they're in your subconscious and there are all these limiting beliefs that you have. And it's not through any fault of your own. You know, people talk about self-sabotage a lot, but sometimes I don't think that you are self-sabotaging yourself. I think it's other people have led you to believe certain things are true. So for instance, I thought that the louder I was and, and the more I talked about a certain thing would bring harm to me because if I was visible, people would see me more and then I would get even more bullying and even more trolling, um, which might not have been the case or it might have been the case, but it's how you learn to do it regardless and to be visible and be so confident that the things that you are telling people are needed for them that it becomes less about you. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I truly believe that and, and I try and live that in what I do, that actually we are all messengers in our knowledge, our experience, and we should, we should pass it on. I think it's it's right and it's it's the proper thing to do to share our knowledge. And if we take ourselves out of that situation and say, well, actually, I've learned all this stuff and actually now I'm sharing it and it's not about me. And actually, there's somebody else that can share that too. So if someone else likes them better than me, then fine, let them learn from them. It's, it's, it is almost being neutral, but the whole concept of the minute you stop caring about what people think is the minute that you can really take yourself to that other level. It's inherent in us. It is, it's literally prehistoric that we care about what people think. And yes, there is a point at which we have to say, well, I'm going to push on regardless. And yes, there's going to be judgment. Yes, there's going to be polarizing of opinion, but that's a positive. But I just don't subscribe to this view of, well, when you get to the point of just not caring whatsoever, if that was true, none of us would wash our hair or, you know, brush our hair before we came on a camera. There is a limit. And I think just because you care about how you present yourself and you rehearse a little bit or you practice what you're going to say doesn't mean you're being inauthentic. Not at all. And it also doesn't mean that you're obsessed with what will people think of me. Um, It means that you're just trying to do your best, actually. Yeah, I actually think it's okay to care what people think. I think the difference is not taking on board what they think about you as true. True, yeah. I think that's where it changes. Like, I care about what people think. Of course, like we're all going to want people to like us. And um, people often say, oh, you shouldn't care whether people like you. I would like people to like me. But if they don't like me, it's not going to stop me with the thing, the, the purpose that I'm here to do. And that's the difference. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't go out of my way, you know, to to not care about what people think. I think that you're right it's an inherent thing that we we want people to like us like we're community-based people of course we're going to want that and it's okay to want that it doesn't mean that there's a a flaw in your personality if you care what people think so if somebody's out there and they know they need to be visible but they know they're also not being as visible as they could be what do you suggest that they do So it depends who they're looking to serve, really. It starts with the person that they are looking to connect with and what that person is doing. And there's lots lots of exercises you can do around understanding who your ideal person is. But I think it should have an element of you in it. Most of our ideal clients do. But you have to also consider who's somebody that you would actually want to work with. Because I've seen people profile their ideal client. And then when I ask them the question, so could you spend 20 hours with this person? They go, oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) You need to be able to get on with that person. And as soon as you can connect with them 
as an individual. So you would go for a coffee with them. You could quite happily pass the time of day, maybe have dinner with them. Then you can start to think about where they are. So are they solely on social media? Possibly. But what else are they doing? Do they pick up a magazine in the hairdressers? And if they do, which one do they pick up? Are they reading still a newspaper? What are they doing while they commute? Are they listening to podcasts? Are they you know, on, on online magazines, where where actually are they going to fulfill part of that earning to learn that you also cover? So if you're into holistic health and nutrition, then are they subscribing to, you know, lists that are sending them newsletters? Are they consuming podcasts or radio shows? You know, are they, you know, go to them, go to where they are and explore it. Don't, don't be blinkered by the, well, I have to do a reel every day and I have to this and I have to this. Because if, if you're subscribing to that, then you're going to look uncomfortable. And we've all watched somebody either on stage or you know, years ago when I used to watch people present and they were so, so uncomfortable. You, you start getting uncomfortable, don't you? Honestly, it's not nice. this subject, I could talk about this for hours, watching people dance around on reels like like their teenagers do on TikTok and point at things and try and be funny when they're inherently not funny people or not people that normally dance around kills me. Like yeah. I can't even watch them. I've unfollowed people that I loved, loved, loved learning from because I can't watch it. No. It's like they've sold their soul, isn't it? Yeah. And you think, no, don't. It is, it's almost it is disappointing. Because there is there is something that you can pick up on you know, whether it's your energy, whether it's just a look, whether whatever it is, if you're doing something that not just is uncomfortable because it's maybe unfamiliar, but uncomfortable like to your core. Yeah. You then can tell. You can tell. And it makes our toes curl in our shoes and, and it's just not you get distracted by why are they doing that as opposed to whatever valuable message they were trying yeah. to convey. Imagine me doing a reel and dancing around. Like I would look uncomfortable. It, it doesn't matter how much I conned myself into thinking I was enjoying it. I would look uncomfortable and so everyone else would feel it. And there's so many other ways to be visible on reels rather than doing that one thing that you see everybody else doing. So you think you should do it. It's another should thing, isn't it? Like we don't have to do what everybody else is doing. If everyone else is zigging, you can still zag and be brilliant at how you do things your way. Like you said, right at the beginning, it's about showing up in a way that you enjoy so that you don't feel awkward and so that you're doing things every day because you like doing them. Like with me, I love going live. I love chatting to people. And so going live makes me feel really comfortable. So I do it all the time and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, there's no part of me that goes, oh, I really don't want to go live today. I'll always enjoy it. Whereas if I, if I had to do the real thing, it would stop within two months. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I'm all for people trying as well. So it's that balance between I'm trying and I feel a little bit of nervousness and, and then giving it another go to make sure which it was I'm the same with my children you know you need to try something once with your food and and that's just as a test and then we try it again to double check the test it's the same we have to almost put ourselves into the uncomfortable to then almost come out the other side and go yeah that was just literally like going to the dentist or (laughs) or actually it was nowhere near as bad and I might just be able to this this and this and you might find that you surprise yourself with what you do enjoy or not but I think it's it's testing and having fun with it, like we've said, because that's the way that your true light shines as opposed to almost that falseness of it. 
Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being false online. Like just be you and be more you. The more things that you do, like do them more. Um, I was exactly the same with speaking. I didn't want to do it, but I tested it. And now I've found that there are certain parts of speaking on a stage that I actually do really enjoy. And so I will put myself through that beginning bit, which I still really don't like, to get to the bit that I really enjoy. Um, and it's just finding what, what works for you. Yeah, it is. So if somebody wants to come and learn a bit more from you and they know they need to be more visible, so they need to get help from someone like you, where is the best place to follow you? So the best place at the moment is Facebook. That tends to be where I am. So literally just my name, Sarah Wisniewski, they can find me there. And yeah, lots of my content goes on there, lots of free training. And then everything else kind of spans from there, really. But yeah, it'd be great to talk to anyone looking to increase their visibility. And we will put that link for um, Sarah's Facebook page. We will put that in the show notes so that you can go straight there. Because visibility, the one thing I know to be true, is that visibility is one of the most important parts of your business. If you do not have an audience of some kind, you have nobody to sell to. So you need to be growing your visibility so that your ideal clients know where you are. Um, It's so, so important. And it's definitely one of the things that have helped me grow so quickly is because I, I, you know, made sure that I was visible from very, very early on and not always in the same way, in lots of different ways as well, because there are lots of different ways. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah, for being here today and for talking to us. Thank you, Lisa. Um, No worries. And I will see you guys next week. I won't see you, but I will. You will be able to hear me next week for the next episode. So I will see you then. Have a good day, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.